This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's the latest food fight among researchers, and if you're confused about what you should eat for your health, you are not alone. For years, we've been told that red meat, especially processed red meat, is bad and we should cut way back. Well, now, a big international study led by Canadian scientists is calling that into question. Their conclusion is that eating less red and processed meats will have little impact on reducing your risk of heart disease, cancer, and other diseases that have been linked to these foods. Their bottom line, keep doing what you're doing and eating what you eat. Their argument is that after reviewing studies involving millions of people around the world, the evidence is weak. It's based on large populations and can't really be drilled down to individual risk. Now, This was published in a journal called The Annals of Internal Medicine, and boy, was the backlash swift, certainly in the U.S. The American Heart Association, the American Cancer Society, the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health, and other groups have savaged the findings and the journal that published them. So where does that leave us? I'd like to hear from you, especially did you ever change your habits? Did you cut back on red meat? Do you want to switch back and eat more? Did you always ignore the advice and now you're happy about it? What's your situation? And, and you know, what do you think about all of this? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now I would like to bring in Dr. David Jenkins, who is a nutrition scientist at the University of Toronto and a staff physician at St. Michael's Hospital, and Rose Reisman, a nutritionist and author. Hello and welcome to you both. Hi, how are you? Fine. Hello, Dr. Jenkins. Hello there. Now, Dr. Jenkins, we'll start with you. You do not like this study. I think that this study is fine. I think that the authors are very prestigious, especially Gord Guyton, uh, who is one of one of Canada's uh, and one of the world's leading experts in assessing data. Okay. But I disagree with the conclusion. Okay, but if you're saying they did good work and, and, uh, you know, their argument, and I, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds because I want to hear from, uh, actual people in the audience who have to make choices for themselves and their families. But part of the whole argument is just that it's very difficult to do studies about nutrition. And that's why the findings uh, tend to be weak. And some people are saying this whole thing calls in to question nutrition studies in general? I think everything we say in life, you could class on the same scale as weak. But nevertheless, we do it. When I see a red light, um, 
I tend not to cross the road. I could look on either side and there really isn't anything coming. So there's not too much worry. But one worries that if one keeps on doing this, one day one will get into trouble. So one doesn't. Well, and I think that's, I think that what one's got to say, if I just make just very quickly, say that uh, let's be clear, the data show 15 to 20 percent risk reductions for taking a dietary pan with less red meat and processed meat. That's what they show. They show 15 to 20 percent reductions. Now, that's not a lot. And you may not be one of those 15 percent. You may be one of the 75 or 80 percent who get away with it. But nevertheless, I mean, if you say that that's what you're finding and then you say that it's weak, I don't mind. I don't mind with weak evidence or not. I think that that is enough of a warning for us to keep ourselves very much aware of the difficulties. Okay, and just to clarify before we go to Rose, what you're mm-hmm. saying is uh, risk reductions would be anywhere from 1 to 13 cases per 1,000 people followed over an entire lifetime. And uh, frankly, for me, it's really hard to uh, even wrap my head around a stat like that. Rose Reisman, what do you make of this? Um, you know, at first when I read it, I went, oh, no. At first route said sensational news. It's like CNN breaking news. And I get concerned because when you read through it very carefully, and I agree with David, the quality of the evidence, they say, is very low. I mean, think about it. When you ask people questions, um, do you eat a lot of red meat? No, not that much. Do you, do you eat healthy? Yeah, most of the time. You know, these are the kind of answers I believe people are giving. I don't think that the evidence is that strong. Um, I think that we're also um, opening up the floodgates for people that already love meat. I was out for dinner last night with a couple, and they sat down. They ordered steak. I said, oh, I didn't. They said, it's okay to eat this now. So oh, I, I'm, afraid of what, I'm afraid of what it does to people, and especially in the hands of people that already eat meat and processed meat, there is no way that you can tell me, and David, I think you'll agree that if you eat tons of processed, salty, nitrate meats, that that does not increase your, your it could increase your high, your blood pressure, the salt intake. You can't just say, Absolutely don't worry about it, that's no, I, think okay. I couldn't agree with you more. And, but l- more. let me just jump in here. I mean, um, among the things that these study authors says is that, okay, when you talk to people who do admit to having, uh, you know, more red meat, the question is, are they more likely to have other problematic things in their diet? Like, do they have the burger with fries? Uh, do they drink maybe too much alcohol? Uh, stuff like that. I, I'm, I'm going to answer that. I'm going to say a thousand percent. Because the group I was with this morning, I was asking people in my office, the ones that are already moderate eaters, where we talk about, you know, everything in moderation, they just went, oh, okay, that's interesting. That It didn't really phase them. But for people already that eat a lot of processed foods, that eat a lot of junk, a lot of sugar, a lot of, you know, um, uh, high glycemic carbs, this is a ticket like, wow, I can, I can get into this too. And, I, you know, if, if you notice, nowhere in the study do they say that it's healthy nutritionally, nor do they say um, increase your servings. They're just saying do what you're doing now. They so s- for the moderate person, I agree. Okay, well, they're, what they're saying is there really isn't enough evidence here for us right. to tell you one way or another. Now, now, 
Rose, on the one hand, we were talking about the people who have the burger with fries and it, it do a lot of uh, other unhealthy things. But right. Uh, Dr. Jenkins, one of the, one of the things that's going on these days is the, these heavy meat ketogenic diets are really popular where they're heavy on the meat protein. Um, what do you make of that? Well, I think that uh, that's almost a different issue because you're not talking about, I think, the general population. If you, if you walked out here onto Queen Street and asked, are you on a ketogenic diet? The answer would be no. So I think that there are lots of issues with the ketogenic diet, but I'd rather not compound that as part of the general advice that I think uh, the folk who wrote the papers for analysis were really getting at. They weren't really talking about ketogenic diets and the, and the high meat intakes of the day. But I do want to say yet again that if I had got cancer, heart disease, and diabetes, all statistically significantly related to even just a lifestyle or a habit, I would want to steer away from that. Right. Okay, let's uh, let's take a couple of calls. We've got Diane in Toronto. Hi, Diane. Hello there. Good afternoon. Uh, I'm glad you got my call. I just want to make a comment. I'm not a big red meat eater, but I do eat it. I, I do enjoy it occasionally. And I just have, I feel I have a well-balanced diet, so I don't think having a roast beef sandwich or a steak every now and then is going to hurt me. Um, I most, mostly stick to chicken or fish, and I'm a healthy seven-year-old. Well, that sounds mm-hmm. like you eat yeah. a good diet, and, and uh, seeing something like that, is that going to make you uh, go out and say, I'm going to have some uh, bacon now? Uh, very rarely do I have bacon. Um, and it's funny, I don't enjoy pizza as much as I used to because I find most pizza is just littered with pepperoni. I don't like salty, greasy, highly processed meat at all. So, Diane, the, the, this study isn't going to change your habits then? No, it isn't. And the other thing is I'm not a junk food junkie. I, I, I choose, I go to the grocery store and the first thing I go for is the produce aisle. That doesn't right. mean I don't enjoy a, a bowl of ice cream or the odd cookie, but um, right. basically speaking, you know, I, I try to, I like to be able to sit down and look at my plate and say, oh, this is delicious. There might be a few mm-hmm. things on it that are a little questionable, but basically, right. I just like to eat healthy and feel healthy. Right. Okay, right. Diane, I think uh, you're a, right. a good example to us all. Yeah. Thanks for your yeah. call. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Take Okay, take care. Uh, and that's another issue saying that she likes to have things that are tasty. You know, and a lot of junk food, uh, I'll call it junk food, sort of changes <laughs> your taste. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm also curious, you know, when we've talked about these dietary things before, I always hear from, uh, you know, let's say men who really like mm-hmm. their meat and, and who are saying, I, I love this stuff. I'm not changing. I, I'm just wondering if, uh, if, uh, th- they, um, you know, if they are now going to double down or, or what they make of this or just makes them feel better about what they're eating. Uh, let's hear from Dennis in Brampton. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. And up front, I'll declare my bias. I, I have been a vegetarian for over 35 years without any uh, meat, chicken, or pork in my diet. Uh, the discussion, I agree 100% with your guess. And I would also like to add that the issue that's 
not uh, that we could add to the discussion is the fact of the addition of hormones and antibiotics mm-hmm. uh, to uh, meat that is raised for uh, for food, and also the impact of the environment in terms of the amount of water that's used, uh, the mm-hmm. food that's grown to be fed to the animals, and the, uh, the methane and the effect on the environment. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting that this this study made a point of saying, uh, "Look, mm-hmm. at, we haven't we haven't taken into account the environmental impact, and that right. is a good reason to cut back on especially mm-hmm. beef because it takes so much more resources." Right, carbon footprint is so much larger. Yeah. So, uh, and Dennis, uh, you're not going to take up meat again because of this, are you? <laughs> Absolutely not. And, uh, you know, consistently we see the two best diets uh, mentioned are the Mediterranean diet and the DASH Mm -hmm. diet, which largely um, almost eliminate saturated fats and meats from from the diet. Mm -hmm. Okay, Dennis, thanks for your call. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, where are our usual meat eaters who call into this program all the time? Come on, guys. Give us a shout today because I'm I'm really curious to see how a study like this impacts uh, somebody who likes to eat meat, makes no bones about it. Are you going to eat more? Are you just going to keep doing what you're doing? Are you going to tell your wife to stop bugging you? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. I'm talking to Dr. David Jenkins and Rose Reisman. And Libby, um, yes? so one thing I wanted to say, what's interesting also in the article, nor did they even talk about the quality or type of meat. So they just say meat, which is such a generic topic. I mean, we we know that, you know, pork back ribs uh, got a lot more fat than a pork tenderloin. So, you know, are they saying it doesn't matter, it's all in the same group, which again, I would disagree with completely. And uh, our last caller brought up uh, the hormones and and, uh, antibiotics. Well, you can, if if you've got the cash, you can buy organic meat that doesn't have any of that stuff. Right. Uh, Dr. Jenkins, how much does it matter what meat and the quality of it? I, I don't think we've got decent studies. And I think if, the, if you think that total meat is a bit of a, of a low-level um, situation to answer, then when you get down to smaller things like grass-fed and, and uh, free-range and all the other things, those are much less well studied. We don't have data. But I think your, your, your last caller brought up probably the most important point when you're making recommendations. I think if, if anyone was around in Toronto uh, last Friday afternoon, they would have seen a massive demonstration outside Queen's Park in terms of climate change. And a lot of, a lot of placards saying go vegan or stop cut down on your animal produce. These are placards that ordinary people were saying. So I do think, I really think that there's a, certainly amongst the young and I think too amongst the old, there's an awareness that we're doing things to the planet that we shouldn't be doing. We're doing things probably to other life forms that we shouldn't be doing. And that's a reason that, as you say, wasn't taken into account. And yet when you're making advice, advice for the future, advice for the population, that has to be part of the advice. 
Okay, uh, let's take a call from Neil, who is a meat eater in Oxford. Hello, Neil. <laughs> Hello, good afternoon. <laughs> Go I, ahead. Uh, I was listening to your conversation. I'm just wondering, um, you know, this is a peer-reviewed study. Obviously, the data is sound. Um, if a study were to come out in the opposite and shown that, <clears throat> you know, the reverse effects, I'm sure that the people would be fine with the study. I just, I just don't understand how... The criteria when you when you're looking at a peer reviewed study, how you can say one is good and one is not good just because of you know uh, because of your position, you know I don't understand that. Uh, and and you know what uh, the 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 level of backlash. I mean, I I think to some extent the reactions to this thing to me seem almost you know religious because oh, the level of the backlash. Uh, and but don't forget, I mean, I, who could forget back in 2015, the World Health Organization came out, you know, your bacon's going to kill you, which was yeah. probably a little overstated. But, uh, Neil, are you going to eat more meat because of this? No, no, absolutely not. And and the other the other point is, you know, vegetarians always talk about, you know, the whole, you know, life cycle of, you know, vegetables and plants. Well, what are you going to do with the with the grains that you have to store during the wintertime? I mean, you just can't keep on growing fresh vegetables. And fresh vegetables take a lot of resources and water. And you, when you know what you can do is you can plant seed in the ground and yield, you know, two hundred percent, and then later on turn that into a very safe and healthy, you know, protein. You know, you, you totally they totally miss that. I, you know, I I don't understand how you know they can just draw these analogies and say, oh, you know, growing all vegetables is never takes any water. But you know, when you have a cow and a calf, and a calf can can gain up to seven hundred pounds just by living on pasture that's no good for anything else and you can put 700 pounds of beef on a young calf just by having a mother cow i you know they totally they totally ignore the benefits of modern agriculture it's it's a very it's a very misleading and 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 I, sometimes i feel it's it's actually criminal you know what they what they try and claim because it's not true you should look at the facts Okay, Neil, uh, we'll let a uh, response to that happen. Thanks for your call. Uh, Dr. Jenkins, do you have anything to say to Neil? Yeah, I do. I think Neil is, 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 has got a point that there are ways of raising cattle, grass-fed, as we were saying, uh, that can be very different from the way that, in fact, we, we call intensive animal husbandry, um, feedlot animal husbandry. Um, and that's really, really very different. But I do think um, what he's what he's asking, and it does cost a lot. You can go to you can go to a, a number of outlets and buy, as you, you yourself said, um, grass-fed uh, beef, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And there may be uh, the impact is somewhat less, somewhat less. I'm saying not completely less, but somewhat less. But the fact is that the majority of the burgers that we sell in in most of our our fast food outlets. Uh, the beef doesn't come from that sort of environment. It comes from more intensive environments, and it may even come from environments where we're cutting down tropical rainforest in order to 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 get our grazing animals. So I really think that one's got to be very careful uh, when one draws this conclusion. One's got to ask what proportion of beef comes that way, and where does the majority come from? And I think, although I have have sympathy for his, his, his discussion. I do think that um, we've got to look at the at where the majority of the beef comes from and the, the major impacts, which are really quite considerable. 
Okay, uh, let's hear from Mike in Niagara. Mike, uh, you live on an organic cattle farm. Yes, I uh, I supply organic beef to a number of my customers privately. Have been since 1982, so this is my <clears throat> seventh year. Um, mm-hmm. I believe in organic. Um, the, the cattle that you buy, the meat that you buy in the store is implanted cattle. And uh, I've had the people come from the feed suppliers to my place with their laptops, and they would ask me, oh, how much grain you're feeding your cattle? And I said, 1% for body weight. And then they'd ask me, what implant are you using? And I say, I don't use an implant. And they say, well, here, I'm doing the calculations. You're going to gain only two pounds a day if you feed them naturally. You're going to gain over four if you implant them. You're losing money. Right. And I said, I said no. I said, my price is based according to the quality of the meat my people are getting. I said, so I said, I don't have that stuff. But pretty well every farmer on those feedlots that ship cattle to Ontario markets are all implanted cattle because you get twice as much weight for half as much feed. Okay, Mike, so um, you think this study is good news then? Well, yeah, it doesn't change my customers. I mean, my customers have always appreciated the fact that my beef are young, they're yearlings. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're grain fed. Uh, there's no implant. Everything is natural and they're young. They're hung for 16 days before they're cut. Um, so they like that and they respect that. And they've always been with me all these years. And it's, uh, it's just, uh, people like to go back to nature. They don't like this chemical stuff, but most people don't realize that a lot of the meat you're buying in the store, including chicken has implants put in the feed in order to accelerate the growth rate. And when they did those calculations and they asked me the implant or not, he said, well, look at the manure. He said, there's grain in the manure. I said, yeah. I said, the body naturally absorbs what it naturally wants to and discharges the rest. He said, well, that's a loss. If you implanted cattle, he said, that would force it on the animal. Okay, I I think that we're getting a little in the weeds here about uh, farming techniques. Mike, thanks for (laughs) your call. Uh, Yeah, well, you know, if people are uh, concerned and they've got the money, organic uh, meat can be quite expensive. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I think it's pretty clear it might be a better choice, Rose. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think it is a better choice, no question. Uh, but I think the majority of people who we're talking about don't go that route. So, you know, my, my advice still okay. is, you know, I think let's have it in moderation. Let's in, enjoy beef to a point. Know what kind of cut you're getting. But look, at I'm still, you know, I'm very much pro more plant-based diet and highlighting your, meal, your meals with animal protein as opposed to being the main star on your plate. And Rose, do you have a view on on the level of backlash against this study? Um, yeah, I mean, I've just just from the morning coming into my office and saying, you see, you're wrong. <laughs> this is like right away people just say, you don't have to eat such a plant-based diet. And, you know, again, you know, it, it, we're talking about health. We're talking about vitamins, minerals. Um You've got so much more in your plant-based diet plus grain diet, I believe, than just sticking to meat. I think that, again, I I urge people to enjoy your meat, but try tonight using it to highlight your your grain or your vegetable salad or your roasted veggies as opposed to having it as a main star. And if, if we could do that conversion, that would mean that would mean a lot. Well, it, it's interesting. So uh, people in North America 
I believe, eat between, on average, three and four servings of meat a week. A week, yeah. But but then there's the question of of what's a serving. I mean, you know, we've right. we've seen all the studies that say you know it shouldn't be bigger than a, a you know a deck yeah. of cards, which mm-hmm. is probably just a few ounces. Not you know Three where ounces, yeah. where I come from, uh, a serving of any protein is like half pound. Right. I mean, let me go into a restaurant. Last night we were at this restaurant. The steak was ten to eleven ounces. That was a serving size. Yum. <laughs> what, what can I say? That was, that was the star of the plate. It sat on its own little lonely plate, but it filled it up. Well, you know, and in some of those steakhouses, they don't even give you vegetables. You have to order them separately if you want a vegetable. That's that's what the uh, the guests we were with had to do. They ordered, and, and it was just interesting because they were indulging in steak. They ordered fries and onion rings. <laughs> I, I just think I, I'm surprised they would do fun. that when they were eating with you, Rose. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> and what did you have? Um, oh, I had a whole fish with string beans, which was wonderful. And again, you know, this is just it's a cleaner way of eating was what I feel. I'm not worried as much about the antibiotics and the hormones and and the saturated fat, which is something else. Oh, well, n- th- none of this discussion. Just, we can know, talk about fish farms another day. The mercury and yeah. the other things. Yeah. Uh, let's hear from Jerry in, in Fergus. Jerry, you think this is a great study? Yes, um, of course. Um, I, I've been a, uh, I'm, I'm going to be 70 uh, this week, actually. Happy birthday. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and actually, we're going to have prime rib for my <laughs> birthday. Wow. That's good. Um, uh, I farmed for 35 years here in Ontario. I uh, um, went to Saskatchewan and uh, worked on cattle ranches out in southern Saskatchewan, was in the area of big cattle ranches and big farmers. Um, at 54, I had a, a pretty bad heart attack and um, um, had to have a quadruple bypass. Uh, I was fit. I was 175 pounds. I was I was farming at the time. I uh, worked hard, and it entirely wasn't from my diet. It was from stress. Mm-hmm. I, after that, I well, how do you know that, Jerry? Because I, mean, I, I was, I I got uh, professional uh, uh, diagnosis on that. I I went to a uh, um, uh, psychologist, um, and uh, talking to me, this was in London uh, University Hospital, and I said, "What the heck happened to me?" You know, and. Um, and you know it, it took more than a few sessions, um, but that's what determined it. But since then, I've um, um, I've watched my diet. I I, uh, I I still eat meat, of course. I uh, I, I have a variety of uh, menus I use: uh, a fish, pork, uh, chicken, beef. Sometimes I don't uh, use meat. I uh, eat a lot of vegetables, a lot of vegetables. And um, uh, when I took the cardiac rehab program, they said, uh, you know, uh, your your small portion of, of protein, your meat, and fill your plate with vegetables. Also, mm-hmm. I'd just like to clarify, there's been a couple things um, that have been brought up. Uh, I did miss one of the callers, so I may, I don't know if I'm repeating or not, but... Um, um, the antibiotic thing, 
um, is is totally false. Um, and about all our meat in Ontario, Canada, um, is whether it's uh, what meat it is, is all antibiotic free. Um, this there's so many misconceptions on on how cattle or how pigs or how chickens are fed. And if an animal is sick, yes, they're given antibiotics, just like you would your child or yourself. All meat, all all animals that are processed for meat, and this is also including dairy production, uh, if antibiotics are fed to that animal, there's a withdrawal period, quite a long okay, period. Jerry. Jerry, I'm right. sorry to interrupt, but we're really running out of time yep, on this, and we'll, we'll have to uh, have another segment on antibiotics and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Jerry, thanks for your call. Thank you. Okay, as I said, we are running out of time on this segment. Free for All Friday is coming up, and uh, I'm sure we haven't solved all the conundrums around healthy eating. Dr. David Jenkins, what would you like to leave us with on this? Well, I'd like to leave you with an environmental thought, um, probably in terms of, uh, of the environment um, and our children's judgment of us in the future will be if we've done everything we can to leave them with a decent environment. And quite honestly, even if, if beef is only 14% of the greenhouse gas emission, if we can get that down, we will have done something good for the future. And I think that's what we're going to be judged on. I think the children of the future are going to judge us on how humane we are in the way we treat our animals. They're going to, they're going to judge us on how, what sort of environment we leave them with. So quite honestly, if that means changing our diets a bit, we better do it. Okay. And Rose Reisman? Um, I agree with David completely on, on the environmental and humane um, part. What I'd like to say is Canada's guidelines food guide came out with a new guideline this year and people don't mention it and I think it is such a strong statement on the direction we should be going which is a more plant-based diet Agreed. Um, not an emphasis and, and no more categories of beef milk poultry uh, they list it as protein but they really emphasize more plant-based for health reasons and environmental and humane reasons Absolutely. so I, I urge people to go back and don't let it go in one ear and out the other. Go back and look at that food guide. It's online everywhere. And, and, and look to see how you're really eating compared to that. Okay. Let, let Thank me you. endorse Rose's Th- comment. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you Thank so you. much, Dr. Thank David you. Jenkins and Rose Reisman. Appreciate A your pleasure. time. Thank you, David. Thank Take you, care. Rose. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.